Chapter twenty four of France and England in North America. Part three. La Salle, Discovery of the Great West. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lawrence Trask, Mount Vernon, Ohio, InterfaceAudio.com. La Salle, Discovery of the Great West by francis parkman jr chapter twenty four sixteen eighty four sixteen eighty five the voyage disputes with boyou saint domingo la salle attacked with fever his desperate condition the gulf of mexico a vain search and a fatal error the four ships sailed from Rochelle on the twenty fourth of july Four days after, the Jolie broke her bowsprit, by design, as La Salle fancied. They all put back to Roquefort, where the mischief was quickly repaired, and they put to sea again. La Salle and the chief persons of the expedition, with a crowd of soldiers, artisans, and women, the destined mothers of Louisiana, were all on board the Jolie. Beaujou wished to touch down at Madeira to replenish his water casks. La Salle refused, lest by doing so the secret of the enterprise might reach the Spaniards. One Paget, a Huguenot, took up the word in support of Beaujou. La Salle told him that the affair was none of his, and as Paget persisted with increased warmth and freedom, he demanded of Beaujou if it was his consent that a man of no rank spoke to him in that manner. Beaujou sustained the Huguenot that is not enough returned la salle and withdrew into his cabin this was not the first misunderstanding nor was it the last there was incessant chafing between the two commanders and the sailors of the jolie were soon of one mind with their captain when the ship crossed the tropic they made ready a tub on deck to baptize the passengers after the villainous practice of the time but la salle refused to permit it at which they were highly exasperated, having promised themselves a bountiful ransom in money or liquor from their victims. Assuredly, says Joutel, they would gladly have killed us all. When, after a wretched voyage of two months, the ships reached St. Domingo, a fresh dispute occurred. It had been resolved at a council of officers to stop at Port de Pie, but Beaujou, on pretext of a fair wind, ran by that place in the night, and cast anchor at Petty Goave on the other side of the island. La Salle was extremely vexed, for he expected to meet at Port de Pie the Marquis de Saint Laurent, the lieutenant general of the islands. Begon, the intendant, and de Cousy, governor of La Tourtoue, who had orders to supply him with provisions and give him all possible aid. The Jolie was alone. The other vessels had lagged behind she had more than fifty sick men on board and la salle was of the number he sent a messenger to st laurent begon and cousy begging them to come to him ordered joutel to get the sick ashore suffocating as they were in the hot and crowded ship and caused the soldiers to be landed on a small island in the harbor scarcely had the voyagers sung to Dium for their safe arrival when two of the lagging vessels appeared bringing tidings that the third, the Ketch St. Francois, had been taken by Spanish buccaneers. 
she was laden with provisions tools and other necessaries for the colony and the loss was irreparable beaujou was answerable for it for had he anchored at port de paix it would not have occurred the lieutenant-general with begon and cousy who presently arrived plainly spoke their minds to him la salle's illness increased i was walking with him one day writes joutel when he was seized of a sudden with such a weakness that he could not stand and was obliged to lie down on the ground when he was a little better i led him to a chamber of a house that the brothers duhot had hired here we put him to bed and in the morning he was attacked by a violent fever it was so violent that says another of his shipmates his imagination pictured to him things equally terrible and amazing he lay delirious in the wretched garret attended by his brother and one or two others who stood faithful to him a goldsmith of the neighborhood moved at his deplorable condition offered the use of his house and abbe cavalier had him removed thither but there is a tavern hard by and the patient was tormented with daily and nightly riot at the height of the fever a party of beaujou's sailors spent a night in singing and dancing before the house and says cavalier the more we begged them to be quiet the more noise they made la salle lost reason and well-nigh life but at length his mind resumed its balance and the violence of the disease abated a friendly capuchin friar offered him the shelter of his roof and two of his men supported him thither on foot giddy with exhaustion and hot with fever here he found repose and was slowly recovering when some of his attendants rashly told him the loss of the catch st francois and the consequence was a critical return of the disease there was no one to fill his place beaujou would not cavalier could not joutel the gardener's son was apparently the most trusty man of the company but the expedition was virtually without a head the men roamed on shore and plunged into every excess of debauchery contracting diseases which eventually killed them beaujou in the extremity of ill-humor resumed his correspondence with sagnolet but for the illness of the sieur de la salle he writes i could not venture to report you the progress of our voyage as i am charged only with the navigation and he with the secrets but as his malady has deprived him of the use of his faculties both of body and mind i have thought myself obliged to acquaint you with what is passing and of the condition in which we are he then declares that the ships freighted by la salle were so slow that the jolie had continually been forced to wait for them thus doubling the length of the village that he had not had water enough for the passengers as la salle had not told him that there were to be any such till the day they came on board that great numbers were sick and that he had told la salle there would be trouble if he filled all the space between decks with his goods and forced the soldiers and sailors to sleep on deck that he told them he would get no provisions at saint domingo but that he insisted on stopping that it had always been so that whatever he proposed la salle would refuse alleging orders from the king and now pursues the ruffled commander everybody is ill and he himself has a violent fever as dangerous the surgeon tells me to the mind as to the body the rest of the letter is in the same strain 
he says that a day or two after lasalle's illness began his brother cavalier came to ask him to take charge of his affairs but that he did not wish to meddle with them especially as nobody knows anything about them and as lasalle has sold some of the ammunition and provisions that cavalier tells him that he thinks his brother keeps no accounts wishing to hide his affairs from everybody that he learns from buccaneers that the entrance of the mississippi is very shallow and difficult and that this is the worst season for navigating the gulf that the spaniards have in these seas six vessels of from thirty to sixty guns each besides row galleys but that he is not afraid and will perish or bring back an account of the mississippi nevertheless he adds if sieur de la salle dies i shall pursue a course different from that which he has marked out for i do not approve his plans if he continues you permit me to speak my mind monsieur de la salle ought to have been satisfied with discovering his river without undertaking to conduct three vessels with troops two thousand leagues through so many different climates and across seas entirely unknown to him i grant that he is a man of knowledge that he has reading and even some tincture of navigation but there is so much difference between theory and practice that a man who has only the former will always be at fault there is also a great difference between conducting canoes on lakes and along a river and navigating ships with troops on distant oceans while beaujou was complaining of la salle his followers were deserting him it was necessary to send them on board ship and keep them there for there were french buccaneers at petit Goave who painted the promised land in such dismal colors that many of the adventurers completely lost heart some too were dying the air of this place is bad says joutel so are the fruits and there are plenty of women worse than either it was near the end of november before la salle could resume the voyage he was told that beaujou had said that he would not wait longer for the storeship amiable and that she might follow as she could moreover la salle was on ill terms with aigron her captain who had declared that he would have nothing more to do with him fearing therefore that some mishap might befall her he resolved to embark in her himself with his brother cavalier Mombre, douay and others the trustiest of his followers on the twenty-fifth they set sail the jolie and the little frigate belle following they coasted the shore of cuba and landed at the isle of pines where la salle shot an alligator which the soldiers ate and the hunter brought in a wild pig half of which he sent to beaujou then they advanced to cape st antoine where bad weather and contrary winds long detained them a load of cares oppressed the mind of la salle pale and haggard with recent illness wrapped within his own thoughts and seeking sympathy from none at length they entered the gulf of mexico that forbidden sea whence by a spanish decree dating from the reign of philip ii all foreigners were excluded on pain of extermination not a man on board knew the secrets of its perilous navigation cautiously feeling their way they held a northwesterly course till on the twenty eighth of december a sailor at the masthead of the amiable saw land la salle and all the pilots had been led to form an exaggerated idea of the force of the easterly currents and they therefore supposed themselves near the bay of Appalachie, when in fact they were much farther westward 
on new year's day they anchored three leagues from the shore la salle with the engineer manet went to explore it and found nothing but a vast marshy plain studded with clumps of rushes two days after there was a thick fog and when at length it cleared the jolie was nowhere to be seen la salle in the amiable followed closely by the little frigate bell stood westward along the coast when at the mouth of the mississippi in sixteen eighty two he had taken its latitude but unhappily could not determine its longitude and now every eye on board was strained to detect in the monotonous lines of the low shore some tokens of the great river in fact they had already passed it on the sixth of january a wide opening was descried between two low points of the land and the adjacent sea was discolored with mud la salle writes his brother cavalier has always thought that this was the mississippi to all appearance it was the entrance of galveston bay but why did he not examine it jutel says that his attempts to do so were frustrated by the objections of the pilot of the amiable to which with a facility very unusual with him he suffered himself to yield cavalier declares on the other hand that he would not enter the opening because he was afraid of missing the jolie but he might have entered with one of his two vessels while the other watched outside for the absent ship from whatever cause he lay here five or six days waiting in vain for beaujou till at last thinking he must have passed westward he resolved to follow the amiable and the bell again spread their sails and coasted the shores of texas jutel with a boat's crew tried to land but the sandbars and breakers repelled him a party of indians swam out through the surf and were taken on board but la salle could learn nothing from them as their language was unknown to him again jutel tried to land and again the breakers repelled him he approached as near as he dared and saw the vast plains and dim expanse of forest buffalo running with their heavy gallop along the shore and deer grazing on the marshy meadows soon after he succeeded in landing at a point somewhere between matagorda island and corpus christi bay the aspect of the country was not cheering with its barren plains its reedy marshes its interminable oyster beds and broad flats of mud bare at low tide jutel and his men sought in vain for fresh water and after shooting some geese and ducks returned to the amiable nothing had been seen of beaujou and the jolie the coast was trending southward and la salle convinced that he must have passed the missing ship turned to retrace his course he had sailed but a few miles when the wind failed a fog covered the sea and he was forced to anchor opposite one of the openings into the lagoons north of mustang island at length on the nineteenth there came a faint breeze the mists rolled away before it and to his great joy he saw the jolie approaching his joy says jutel was short beaujou's lieutenant Ayer, came on board to charge him with having caused the separation and la salle retorted by throwing the blame on beaujou then came a debate as to their position the priest esmondville was present and reports that la salle seemed greatly perplexed he had more cause for perplexity than he knew for in his ignorance of the longitude of the mississippi he had sailed more than four hundred miles beyond it 
of this he had not the faintest suspicion in full sight from his ship lay a reach of those vast lagoons which separated from the sea by narrow strips of land lined this coast with little interruption from galveston bay to the rio grande the idea took possession of him that the mississippi discharged itself into these lagoons and thence made its way to the sea through the various openings he had seen along the coast chief among which was that he had discovered on the sixth about fifty leagues from the place where he was now yet he was full of doubt as to what he should do four days after rejoining beaujou he wrote him the strange request to land the troops that he might fulfill his commission that is that he might set out against the spaniards more than a week passed a gale had set in and nothing was done then la salle wrote again intimating some doubt as to whether he was really at one of the mouths of the mississippi and saying that being sure that he had passed the principal mouth he was determined to go back to look for it meanwhile beaujou was in a state of great irritation the weather was stormy and the coast was dangerous supplies were scanty and la salle's soldiers still crowded in the jolie were consuming the provisions of the ship beaujou gave vent to his annoyance and la salle retorted in the same strain according to joutel he urged the naval commander to sail back in search of the river and beaujou refused unless la salle should give the soldiers provisions la salle he adds offered to supply them with rations for fifteen days and beaujou declared this insufficient there is reason however to believe that the request was neither made by the one nor refused by the other so positively as here appears end of chapter twenty four recording by lawrence trask mount vernon ohio interface audio dot com